This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Thank you for choosing the Dine Local ST podcast. Visit DineLocalST.com for the latest in restaurant offerings. Here's your host, Nick Shenton. All right, everybody, it is time for another episode of the Dine Local San Diego podcast. And what a weekend, San Diego. We're just off the crazy 4th of July uh, celebration here in San Diego. The big bang on the bay, all the fireworks celebrations at all the beaches, all the restaurants have been hopping all weekend long. Uh, and it's been great to see everybody out and dining. Um, so... But what we're going to do today is going to do a little farmer's market report. We got Joe Herman here with us, and uh, Joe is going to recap what's been going on. We, we got a big, bountiful summer happening and a whole bunch of uh, different stuff in here. So, Joe, <coughs> what's happening at the market? Market's hopping, too. All right. A lot of things going on. Bustling. Feels yeah. good up there. Cool. Um, we're just we're seeing everything. Yeah, stone the fruit. Full, stone oh, fruit. The full bounty of summer is finally yeah. here. The only thing we're missing, really, is some figs, but... Figs are absolutely one of my favorites. I can't wait. Are we going to see figs soon? Yeah, we're seeing a small amount up there. And then locally down here, um, Rancho La Paz de Mi Corazon up yeah. in Fallbrook. Uh, and Atkins is the farmer. And that's your favorite. You got the chance to spend some time out there last year, right? I did. I got to visit the farm, tour it, check out the figs, yeah. learn a good amount. And how many different varieties does she have up there? Just two. Just two. Yeah. And it's the Black Magic or something uh, like that? Fallbrook Black Beauty. Fallbrook Black Beauty. Which is a variety of Black Mission. Was, okay. And then she has like the panache or variegated figs as well. Uh-huh. But the deal with her is she picks the best. She won't, you know. She doesn't give you a, yeah. She's no not garbage. trying to fill the yeah. box. She's just trying to get you what? like She picks the best. And she picks them when they're ready, when they taste the best. It's all about you, the timing, right? All timing, yeah. Super cool. Um, so we're, we're seeing some figs coming in. I saw some melons and stone fruit is just popping in there too. Yeah, it's just like everything's in. Uh, all the melons. We're having amazing melons from Moonock Ranch. Uh, yeah, that honey lope was outrageous. Yeah, it's so sweet. Sticky sweet. Like yeah. it's, it's good. Yeah. Uh, the Rocky Sweets as well. Uh, Wiser Family Farms is coming out with a large variety of melons. Also, Murray Family Farms is, has grapes now. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing uh, Tom Cord's. And candy snaps now. They have a couple of cool things coming. They have a white concord that's going to be coming out. And so concords are seedless. Or Tom, no? Tom cords. Tom cords are, are seedless. seedless. Okay. So they have a seedless concord, which is a cross between a concord and a Tom cord. Uh huh. So it's not doesn't have like the same punch as a concord, but it's a very good grape. Super yeah. sweet. And then the candy snaps have that uh, cotton, cotton candy, candy lingering like flavor. flavor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Super. New. So that's great. Uh, the melons, uh, the veggies are still doing great. Uh, all the peppers. We're still waiting for more pepper varieties to come in, but yeah. all, all the eggplants in. But we just saw like a huge shot of heat, right? Like the last like you know seven, eight days. So that's really going to really start pushing those peppers forward and stuff like that, right? Yes, correct. Everything's popping because of that. That's awesome. And what else we got? Stone fruit. We have high-end stone fruit coming from Andy's Orchard. Yeah. Which is just south of... So how many different farms do we San have Jose. in there for stone fruit right now? I saw Frog Hollow in there. I saw some Andy's Orchard. What else we got? Going we have on? Regeer, Ken's Top Notch. Ken's Top Notch. We have Regeer Family Farms. We have Scott Farms. And were we still getting some stone fruit from Murray? Yeah, we have a small amount from Murray. 
And you still have cherries too, right? Like a crazy last shot of some cherries. Yeah, and Andy's Orchards. Uh, we're getting cherries again this week. Smaller amounts. There's you can tell and maybe wh- a couple more weeks. And what variety is that? Because I, I tried one in the in the cooler this morning, and I was blown away by how it's just like some of this really soft but really sweet, just I mean, delicious cherry. What was that? I think that w- that was the Black Republican you had, ah, right? Black so, Republican. and those aren't. That was the last week. Those. Well, actually, we're getting. Some of those this week. It's going to be the last week. Uh, but Bing's and the Lapins, which is a late season cherry, mm-hmm. which uh, a Bing, it's a it, Bing is its parent, one of its parents. And then possibly some sour pie cherries. Those are all coming in now. But oh. they're limited and people get really emotional about those up at the market. They want them. Yeah. So it's a fight to get them. Oh, cool. Well, I know um, that you'll be in there beating some people yeah. up to get them. We were lucky enough to get <laughs> some last week. They're called Montmorency. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's a. Uh, it's native to France, I believe. Well, all cherries are native to China, but it's a sour cherry. It does they do grow in the Pacific Northwest and in Michigan as well, and then obviously here in California we have some. But they are like a delight. So I know another staple of summer is shelling beans. Are we going to see some shelling beans soon? Is that another thing that's like brought on by heat? Correct, and we should be seeing those possibly. This week. This week. Oh, what a question. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. What a question. The farmer, uh, two peas in a pod. Yeah. They're, they're offering them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lori Nichols. She's the farmer. She, uh, and we should have, know, like, she, once it starts, that would be a good long run, right? Yeah. Like, that'll good, be a, like four or five month run on those. Mm-hmm. Well, all the way to the Christmas beans, right? right. And then that's going to be the last of Christmas the shelling limas. beans, Christmas limas. Right. And that's like a November harvest, mm-hmm. right? So, like, good yeah. four or five month run on those. Yeah, it should be. Hopefully, like the weather stays good and yeah. it, you know nothing happens. But and that's that heat. Heat really helps those shelling beans, right? Right. That's what she said. So she's not sure what we're gonna have. We could get, you know, it could be nothing. Yeah. But she said they're 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 about there. But we had that poppy heat, so hopefully yeah, that's gonna make things happen. Hopefully they're getting that this, these next couple of days too. Super cool. Now, have you been selling any of this to some of the restaurants? Any big buys lately? Um. Uh, Elizabeth Olson over at Ironside is she's got apricots on. Uh-huh. I'm not sure what she's doing with them, but she's buying a lot. And... Yeah. Now I, we were doing the farmers market, and I I know that we just ran out of them, and we got a couple ap apple plums, apple plums, like the cotton candy apple plum, aprium, ap- aprium. There yeah. you go. Thanks for helping me out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We, there we have the cotton candy, and then we also have the candy cot, Can- which is really interesting. That's what really tastes like cotton candy. Wait, wait. So there's cotton candy and candy cot. Yeah, candy cot is trademarked. That was developed by a guy. I think his name is John Driver. And that's a really cool apricot because that's made up of five different apricots that kind of from like um, the Middle East area. Mm -hmm. And so it's an Anya candy cot. And uh, Anya is the name of one of the women that he worked with when he was developing and crossbreeding all these apricots. Super cool. So it's a cool little story, uh, but and then we're we're gonna see some really nice other like stone fruit from Andy's as well, uh, nectarines and peaches. And I'm talking; these are perfectly picked, ready to go, top of the line. Um, not picked early. You don't have to wait and for, wait for them. To, Full development of yeah. sugar. You know, don't need it to decay to get any sugar. It's got all the development on the vine, which is where what you really look for. Right? right. Yeah. They they do. You know, small batches. Re, you know, really small batches. And so tray packed, it is a treat and it's something I look forward to. You know, this is my second summer doing it. So super cool. I'm excited. 
Awesome. Lots of fun stuff happening in the farmer's market. Super awesome recap. We're right rolling through it in the middle of here of summer. Um, so lots of new stuff coming, lots of stu- new stuff in there. So come by and check it out and uh, buy lots of stuff when the truck stops to you. All right. That's going to do it for the farmer's market report. We got Chef Rob Ruiz from Land and Water. He's got a huge event coming up. He's going to tell us all about. I'm uh, so excited to have one of him, him here, one of my old friends. Uh, yeah, I am stumbling all over the place today. Uh, we'll see you in a minute. All right, everybody, it's time for the main ingredient, and we are so lucky to have Chef Rob Ruiz of Land and Water here with us today. He's got a brand new event or an event coming up in just a couple days on the 11th. It is part of the <laughs> it is part of the gastro- gastronomy without borders event uh, brought to you by Edible Baja, and you can go make your reservations at ediblebaja.com. And before I get too much into that, Chef's going to tell us all about that. We're also going to touch on Land and Water itself. Land and water itself and what that property is all about. So, Chef, first of all, hey, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you I for appreciate coming. appreciate it. Coming all the way down here up from uh, Carlsbad. Just you know, one of the absolute coolest buildings in all of Carlsbad. It's so iconic. You can, <laughs> you know, seriously, you, can, you can't drive up with the, the one-on-one without looking at it and being like, what is that spot? And uh, to yeah. see you go in there and the success that you've had has been awesome. Yeah, man. Well, it's definitely, uh, you know uh, – light many hands make light work you know sure and uh you know hindsight is you know it's a 132 year old building mm-hmm. so with that had a history of of a bunch of other you know enterprises in there before to say the least so um it's definitely um you know it takes a lot of love and care to keep a building like that like you know rocking and rolling especially with a restaurant in it that fortunately and if thankfully is um you know wolfing especially yeah. you know through wednesday thursday friday saturday we're just wolfing especially right now yeah definitely um but yeah, no, we've been blessed up there, and I have it. Um, Kilda Leo is my head sushi up there, and Jeremy Kushel is head of the hot kitchen now, and um, they've just been crushing it. You know, they've yeah. been doing an amazing Super job. Super talent, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've had the pleasure of dealing with both of your sous, and just incredible talent that you've got around you, which is a testament to how you treat them and the talent that you you know impart on them. Which I think is you know, again, what we all try to do as chefs is make sure that we can execute our vision with right. the by supporting the people with us and you right. obviously do an awesome job with that yeah well you know i mean when we started off you know we wanted to branch off and just kind of focus on food and focus on doing things the way that we all like instinctively wanted to do them and not what you know meeting food costs or meeting quotas or you know having particular relationships with different people we just wanted to do the right thing and so we've been just constantly evolving and i feel like right now you know i had um some guests last weekend that are regulars over the five years that we've been open and mm-hmm. went on the patio and just touched their table and said, hello, and how are you guys? Nice to have you. And, you know, they were like, you know what? We love coming here. And the best thing is that every time we come, you guys are better and better. The food is better and better. The, the Everything is, is constantly getting better, which is a testament to everybody and all their hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that's the thing is like, if you wanted to really understand all of the things that we put into the restaurant and the menu there, it'd be, it's like a week-long seminar lecture you know it's kind of totally. like, it's way too much for like you know even being a foodie or someone or be even being a chef it's like you know the techniques that we use and how far we go to you know baking all of our own breads making all of our pastries from scratch making all of our you know using mother sauces and having french technique in a new american kitchen doing everything then you know one of the things that i'm most proud about and you know what has led us to this um 
you know, meet the makers event and with edible mm-hmm. in Baja test kitchen and having Javier come in on the 11th on reservations the, available reservations. at edible Yes. Um, you know, what's led to that is, is that, you know, we've been just furious about it and, um, you know, it's been really, um, a, a lesson in exploration and, yeah. um, you know, I mean a lot of, you know, we have, in our city in our SoCal vibe and there's all trends going on. There's different restaurants opening. There's all these things going on. But for us, I mean, we've just really stuck to the, our basics and stuck to our fundamentals. And, you know, one of the things that I'm, you know, always, you know, inspired by specialty produce and, and, and have looked and learned and used you guys for all these years, you know, and that was what led me to working with local farmers and, you know, um, truly being a farm to table experience. Yeah. That's, that's something I really wanted to get in with you. You, you, you touched on it a little bit earlier when you talk about being furious and you talk about, uh, doing the responsible thing and the right thing. Right. And I want to bring that back to your sourcing of ingredients because you are, you know, you've gotten so much recognition for your sustainability and it all comes down to this passion for sourcing and not just taking people's word for it. No. Doing the due diligence and research and man, you know, I just have the biggest respect for you when it comes to how you think about ingredients and treat ingredients. And it's just, you know, it's evident in the vibe of the place. It just comes from such a positive energy wise when it comes to sourcing that I feel like that really translates to the, the energy and the vibe of every dish that you put out a hundred percent. And, and I learned a long time ago from friends and, and mentors, you know, it's about, you know, organic food, but it's about organic relationships. Mm-hmm. And, and, and honestly what happened is that I had been in Hawaii 10 years and came back and was on my path. And a friend of mine that I work with 25 years at Home Depot ended up changing his life. And while I was gone for over a decade, he went and, you know, got a degree in urban agriculture, urban farming, became certified, had a farm, went with him. And, and, you know, as a, as a foodie, as a farmer, as a consumer, as a restaurateur, someone trying to do the right thing all the time to have someone with their own farm, you know, come into the restaurant, look at what we're doing and then be like, Hey, let's change the script. He's like, I'm going to bring in my seed Bibles. I'm going to bring in all the resources I have for heirloom seeds, heirloom grains, everything. And he's like, let's just start picking stuff out and growing stuff for flavor, you know, like Bushuk Barber style, you know, and like trying to see what we can really get going. And so that, you know, you know, adolescent friend now became another friend, farmer in the restaurant. And then that led to the relationship I have now where Ed Cannon at Cannon Farms that helped us for a while, got us going, got us set up. And then he was like, Hey, your volume is getting too much. You know, we're going to have to think bigger than this. And he then turned us on to uh, the, the sweetest gentleman that I know, his name is Adam Maciel at Maciel Farms. Mm -hmm. And he has a 20 acre farm that's up in North County. It's certified organic. He's, you know, got eggs, he's got everything. And, it was the first time where it like blew my mind where his property was so massive to me, you know, 20 acres doesn't seem like a lot, but when you're thinking about, you know, going from one or three or six acres to then 20, you know, and looking at the equipment it takes to, to reap the harvest in a cycle off of that type of property. So anyway, you know, so Adam and, and Ed Cannon, so Cannon Farms merged with Maciel and they've agreed to come in. And now it's like a huge victory to have, 
a farmer and his wife or his daughters that come in three times a week and they're bringing in, they'll send us photos from on the tractor at 5 a.m. This is what we're harvesting today. And then come in and be at the restaurant at, you know, 1130 with, you know, and not just a couple boxes, but we're like cases and cases stacked up, you know, like two dolly full, six, six cases high of all the produce that's coming from their farm, you know? And it's different because my, our relationship is that when you see that food going out on the table, you're like, oh man, I was like, I, Adam, this came, this, you know, Mexican squash came from Adam's farm and he's growing it for us. And, you know, he has, it's his daughters that are helping pack it. And he's, he rescues, um, animals and he rescues German shepherds. So he has like six German shepherds on his property that are all vegetarian vegans that are like, <laughs> it's so funny. You go out there and there's, it looks like a wolf pack, but they're all over there fighting over, you know, if it was watermelons or summer or, you know, winter squash, you know, depending on the time of year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's super cool to see, but so it's that dynamic. And then, you know, I mean, we had things change, like when he first started really delivering in volume and all the chefs were having to go through and we're washing all the shard and the kohlrabi and the beets and all these things coming through. And it was one of the coolest things one of the chef up there, Luis, Jose Luis is his name. And he came to me and he's like, Robert, he's like, there's all these bugs on all this food. Like there's bugs on all the veggies, you know? Mm-hmm. And he was like, it's the m- most people would be like, Oh no, what do we do? But for him, he was like, this is amazing. He's like, it's an organic farm. He's like, if these critters are eating, it means that we're going to eat it. It's going to be amazing for us, you yeah. know? And obviously now we're super meticulous about not wasting any of the, of the particular you know if it's a leaf it's a stalk it's a root whatever it is we set we we fabricate all of it into the cuisine and that came with a no waste the original no waste mentality of the same with the fish the same with anything that we get to the restaurant and we did the thing that was a victory for us is that in 2018 we won the innovation award from the chamber of commerce from the city of carlsbad because we pushed hard enough and we were the first ones up there to get a commercial composting program where we actually have a pallet in the back of our restaurant that has four locking lid containers. So we have organic waste baskets through the restaurant and the kitchen. All the organic waste goes into those. It's collected and then you know brought back and turns into organic compost that goes to our farm, to all over anybody, you know, if you're building a home, whatever. So we're, we went from being sustainable and being responsible to now being producing and now being regenerative yeah. where we're regenerating soil and, and actually you know, instead of just taking and taking, we're actually able to give back. So that level of thinking around everything, if it's the, you know, recycled, you know, if it's a plant protein glass, a cup that we're using for it to go or recycling containers, whatever it is. So we're, we're fully immersed in all that. And then from that, we've, this cuisine has spawned and, you know, we do have the best produce arguably because we not only use our farm, but then we do use specialty hard to supplement anything that we have because there's it's not, there's, you know, seasonality se- there's, yeah. or seasonality Everybody. or different farmers. Everybody specializes in different things, you sure. know, um, you know, and we're also a microclimate here in San Diego. Yeah. So like, you know, he, he may have some stuff that's seasonal ready for you that, you know, is on your mind, but you may want to pair it with something else in your palate right. that is local and fresh, but it may not be coming from his particular little microclimate. Right, right. I mean, there's all kinds of cool stuff, like a little variegated figs from different people or, you know, I mean, it's just, it is at a microclimate all the way down. So that being said, so what's gone on now is that we have on our menu, you know, our first thing when you open the book, it's from our farmer, you know, yeah. and it has all, you know, six, seven different items that are, that are vegan, vegetarian, 
or uh, you know, like uh, Jeremy, Chef Jeremy, he just put out this ratatouille that he did. That is like incredible. It's you know, it's got like a baba ganoush on the bottom of it, and it's you know, roasted everything from the farm, and you know, it's like his take on it, and it's um, you know, it's, so it's beautiful to see and really trying to just let these guys go to create whatever they want, you yeah, know? Yeah. And the same thing on the sushi side now, you know, I have got chefs up there that have been making sushi 20 years that are in there and lacerating everything. And, you know, so Kiel, Aliu, Chad Seki, um, the guys up there, you know, the seasonal sashimis that they just put on the menu, we have four new ones and every single one of them is, you know, it's a response. It's a, something that was taken from RC responsibly. It's something that's beautiful. And then it's presented in these ways, you know, where the food is, what we live for and what we thrive on and it's what is carrying us forward and to see our evolution is really cool and you know that's what led me to have the opportunity to events you know um, going to mexico city working with the world wildlife fund and working with the, or the nation of mexico to work on their fisheries working on projects like that here in san diego and then what led me to pebble beach which was when I went to check in up at the Pebble Beach Food and Wine and um, I partnered up there with Nespresso because they have a global mission where they're putting millions and millions of dollars into sustainability, into mm-hmm. recycling, into farming, all these things. So when I went up there to check in, basically, I go to check in and then Javier, chef, was there at the right where I'm checking in to get all my badges. And I turn around, I'm with with my fiance and he comes and he comes up, gives me a, like a hug and a handshake. And he's like, Oh, Jeff, what's up, man? What have you been up to? Yeah. And you know, we've been like ships passing in the night all over in the Valle de Guadalupe and up here. And, um, you know, we're always kind of seeing each other, you know, if it's a, <laughs> I think this time I saw him before that was at a, you know, we're at a winery at one in the morning in Baja tasting wines or whatever, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's always been something that I think both of us wanted to do and i think and, it, and you're it really teaming up sense. with them so yeah. this event is part of a series yes. of events and it's kind of organized by Javi, chef javier placencia and the, the first one is again at your restaurant on the 11th yes and uh, sorry the name so, of that one again yeah so basically what it is is that it's <laughs> it is um it's the guys from the baja test kitchen chris mejia is his name mm-hmm. and um they come from the valle out of lechuza and they're they're really you know intimately connected to the whole valle and, and go ahead yeah so it's the gastronomy without borders yes and so again the kind of the theme of this this whole event series is asia's influence on baja cuisine yeah the, the so the two what it is we're doing a pair of dinners so it's javier is going to come up to land and water company on july 11th that's mm-hmm. what we're talking about today and what it is is what a lot of things like people don't realize like how tuna San Diego was the tuna capital of the world is that also and there's a little history on the Baja test kitchen website about it where, you know, in the back when we were building the railroads, right. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the Chinese came and settled here in San Diego and Northern Baja and in Takati at one time, there was more Chinese people than the, you know, regular indigenous Northern people from Baja. Right. Wow. Um, so there's a huge Chinese influence going back way back to, you know, 1890, 1900, mm-hmm. you know, and then in the 1920s, 1930s, then we get to 1940s, we have um, all the Japanese fishermen that came that were fishing up and down the coast. So then there was a huge settlement of Japanese culture that also influenced Northern Baja. And then after that came another wave that was a Korean influence that was also in Northern Baja. Wow. So 
you know, everybody it talks about on the website, but it's like, you know, everybody, you see kimchi on a bunch of people's websites and, and people who are pickling and into fermentation and, you know, using the most, the, these old school techniques to get the most out of their veggies and to be the most, you know, super chefed out. I make everything from scratch, you know, so, um, but that originally goes back. I mean, that's already been done here for, you know, 90 years or whatever, you know, so it's, it's looking back to the heritage of, we are San Diego. We are Tijuana. We are Valle de Guadalupe. We are this region. And a lot of people look at it where there isn't really a border that where it's not, it's not Mexico or Baja and San Diego, but it's really, they call it La Calafia, right? Where it's the California and that we are all one area. Our yeah. fishermen fish in the same waters, our yeah. soil comp, you know, we're growing in the same region, basically, you know? So, um, we're basically trying to erase that line and show that the, the, cultural heritage of northern baja and the cultural heritage of san diego has so many cross-pollinated uh food items in it and the one example here is um about the fish taco you know and yeah so it goes back to you know the, the japanese settled they had fish camps here in san diego but that for a while especially after world war ii i think it was um they were in northern baja and they were just they weren't eating mexican food they were making their own cultural food which is what all of us would do with our own culture wherever we went. We take our culture with us. Yeah. So it was. There's a story on there about a gentleman who went to one of these fish camps and saw the, these guys making tempura, and they were they're at their little camp in the you know the 1950s era, and they're making tempura and all these regular Japanese style cultural foods. So the guy took that, put it on a tortilla, and now that became the fish taco. That's how you have a battered fish taco, right? Wow. And so it all goes back to like it's kind of like these aha moments where people are realizing like, Oh, well that's why we have food like that. Yeah. That's where that food came from. And it's, so what we're really trying to do and myself, what we do at land and water, you know, is we try to be respectful of all of that and try to incorporate it and always be trying to take the best of these different areas. You know, I was just going to say like this dinner fits in perfectly conceptually with the whole concept of land and water. Yeah. Basically this earth and ocean. Right traditional things that you guys again it's that right. kind of the com the confluence of influences right <laughs> well it's one of those things it's like you know traditional french is like you know brown butter time right everything in french cuisine, yeah butter 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 yeah, butter yeah. right so brown butter time everybody makes it all the time and chef keola brought that into us a long time ago and started using it in a bunch of fun ways and then um you know then you look at miso paste fermented soybean right and and you know, all the different molds that go to make that from katsuoboshi to, you know, all the, these old, you know, s traditional techniques. So, you know, I mean, it, it's as simple as one of the things that we do all the time, especially on when we're making omakase and we're doing sashimis and stuff like that is if, you know, you can take miso paste and put it into brown butter and toast the miso in the brown butter. And now you're having an experience that is something even further, you know, you have the, all this cool flavor in there from the fermentation process, plus the toasting and the caramelization of the milk solids and the butter, all that together. Yeah. And that's the same thing we're trying to show is like that these natural evolutions of food, whether it's from region, whether it's from history or, or whatever going forward is that, you know, the whole thing about quote unquote fusion, you know, everybody's like so browbeaten over that word because everything in the world is fusion. Everybody's right. being creative. Yeah. But what we're trying to showcase here is that, hey, you know, here's Javier, Chef Javier Placencia is one of the most notable high powered chefs on the planet. And I think the our mission is working with him is that we're trying to come together and really go back to both of our roots, mm -hmm. you know, and I've been working on the menu and my chef's have been working on the menu and, you know, I've been working and just gotten some a menu updates from Chef Javier. And it's like, 
I'm like blown away at what's going to be coming across the table at this dinner. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like for us, we're all, we're going all out because we're excited to host Chef Javier and we're, we're really wanting to, you know, have North County be a place where, you know, world-class chefs are coming in and knowing to, and eating and dining and et cetera. Yeah. And, and having an influence. And so, and then at the same time, when I look at the food he makes and is making and is bringing in, I mean, he's going back to his roots and, you know, he has a history of, of being up in North County when he was younger. And I think that it's going to be something that the food coming across the table is going to be, you know, we're putting out our very best and we're trying to, you know, we're not trying to be, you know, over, over articulate things. And we're not trying to be ultra modern. We're not trying to do all these things. What we're really trying to do is kind of put our heart and souls on a plate and using the backgrounds of our experience at land and water and chef Javier's background of everything that he's done on such a massive level. But I think it's going to be a really cool way to just have, you know, him and myself in a, locked in a kitchen for 10 hours yeah. and then like see what comes out the other side, yeah. you know, it's going to be heavy. And that's why I kind of, I just wanted to like hype people up on it. Totally. You know? And you know, when you talk about hype and you talk about, I, you know, to me, what makes me want to eat somewhere is the passion of the chef. Yeah. And, you know, just having you sitting, you sitting here, uh, the passion just exudes from me. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's, again, that, that it's, that it's the difference that goes into cuisine that really makes it special. Yeah. If you can be passionate about it and make sure that you're putting your passion into it, your end result is going to be awesome. So yeah. what a great way for, you know, the, the public to come check out and come experience land and water maybe for the first time or maybe experience Javier Placencia's food for the first time right. to come out and check out your event on the 11th. Right. Um, that you can make your reservations at ediblebaja.com and that's at land and water up in uh up in Carlsbad right um and that is again ediblebaja.com on July 11th yeah and i just wanted to to shout out that um edible san diego um and uh, Trish from the Farm to Fork movement, you know, they've been, they're a big part of this as well, uh, especially edible, you know, but the, the Farm to Fork movement as well has been a big push for us in that, you know, we have done um, events too where, you know, we've hosted Farm to Table Weeks. We're on their website. We're part of, you know, restaurants that are true. Basically, it's like a certification basically that says, hey, these guys are really putting up, putting the food where their mouth is as yeah. far as backing it up. Um and then, yeah, I've been, yeah, I am super passionate about it, man. You know, I've, I'm unique in that, you know, I'm, I'm not part of a big group. I'm not shackled to anything, but at the same time, it's kind of, it's all, everything's up to me. So yeah, I am, you know, I've basically kind of in the last few months have been going back to the lab and kind of rebuilding everything and my whole philosophy about food and, and my beliefs and, and, you know, getting the right people around me and really trying to focus on, you know, plowing forward through all this stuff and, and being true to myself and being true to the food that we're trying to make. And then, yeah, I mean, sharing that, you know, I have a bunch of other stuff going on, obviously, but, um, the main thing is like, I've, I still am in contact with Sarah Mesnick and the people at NOAA and I'm still, you know, I mean, we're going to be incorporating, you know, Pete Halmay and San Diego fishermen into this event and San Diego farmers into this event. So it's kind of cool to, you know, it's kind of like, let's just get all the hype off let's get all the twinkly lights and all the whatever off of it and just go in and you know if you if you are into food if you're into wine or if you're follow follow chefs or if you're a cook from home or whatever i mean this is an opportunity to just see i think you know some of the two most passionate and 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 really 
serious chefs that are out right now that are really trying to just let the food speak for itself and, and, and do it in a beautiful way. So, um, yeah, it's through edible San Diego, the tickets like we're talking about are at the Baja test kitchen.com. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I do want people to come into land and water and see, um, see what these, you know, you can walk in, sit down in front of a chef and just, you know, go to town and see what these guys have been training for their whole lives. And it's fully inclusive. They have a cocktail reception with past appetizers, a seated dinner service and an after party. Yeah. So yeah, that's the coolest part. So you basically roll in, the bar's open, cocktails at the bar, everybody, you know, mingles, gets to, you know, meet and greet and kind of get the sense of community going. And then we're going to sit everybody down and course them through the menu. Um, my pastry chef, Tiffany's going to be doing a really cool dessert that's incorporating both sides of the border type of feeling to it. Um, and then, yeah, afterwards, when it's all done, then we're offering a little bit of an after-party and cocktail down at the Charles Kenneth, which is the um, speakeasy, the prohibition bar that I have that's hidden underneath the restaurant. So and that's so you get the whole, you know. Is there just, still a password for that? Yeah, it, trust me. I, I, <laughs> I, we post them every day, and, and uh, I'm, I'm really thankful to, you know, to have, um, you know, we're still getting recognition. And, and the coolest thing about the, Charles Kenneth is that, you know, we're the emails that I get now about people wanting to come there. It's like, Oh, I'm the bar manager from this bar and I'm coming in from out of town or out of state and with these people and we want to come in and can we make sure we get in and this, that, and the other. And yeah, it's a, it's a hundred, you know, that building was built in 1887. So during prohibition, there really was people there. It's like, it's not a concept. It's a real speakeasy. It's a, it's a actual historically correct speakeasy. And when we were, you know, ripping it apart to, you know, make it legal for people to be there underground and drink. Yeah. You know, we found, uh, you know, we found bottles of moonshine. We found old lucky strike cigarettes. We found like old flapper headbands. You know, we found uh, this actual paraphernalia from the time period of people That's down there cool, drinking. Man. That's you know? super cool. So yeah. So the history's there and, um, you know, the drinks just keep getting better and better. Um, we have a little uh, daylight savings time thing that we're doing right now. So if people come into this speakeasy early, you know, they get some real traditional drinks at a little bit of a deal just because, you know, it's not getting dark. We're until like nine o'clock now. So <laughs> people are, where people like to get drunk when it's dark, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the beauty of a speakeasy in a basement, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like Vegas down there. I mean, you just get completely lost. You have no sense of time. And then, you know, the pours are heavy down there. It's basically like a two ounce pour in each drink. So yeah. we tell people to be careful. You know, one drink is good. Two shots is Uber or second drink is Uber. And then the third drink is like, yo, you're, you need assistance. You know? <laughs> it's, 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 it's the truth. It's just because, you know, it's like if you have three drinks down there in a half hour, it's like taking six shots, you know? Wow. So it's heavy, but, uh, anyway, yeah, I'm, I am very excited. I've been working on this project and, you know, it's a big deal for us. All the chefs are super excited at the restaurant and, you know, everybody, I mean, I've had, chefs from other restaurants up in North County come in and stop and buy and be like, Hey, you know, what's the deal? Can, how can I get in? Can I get a ticket? You know? And I'm like, you know, we're, we're being very strict on, you know, we're, we're focusing so much on trying to execute this thing, like at a really, really high level, you know? So we're like, all right, there's a limited amount of tickets. There's only a few left. So we're trying to, you know, most people are like, Oh, we'll do it last minute the night before. I'm like, Hey, don't sleep on this one. Get in and get after it. It sounds like a killer, killer. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, and I have other chefs from San Diego that are guys that are all these, you know, friends and mentors of mine that are heavy hitters. And they're like, Hey, we just want to come up and like be in the kitchen and help prep, you know, just like, yeah, just because, (laughs) you know, I mean, we, we're, I feel like the land and water, our kitchen up there is like, it's a, it's a, sanctuary and it's a it's one of these places where you can come in and get down and prep or cook or stage or whatever it is and you know we don't have any like 
you know, oh, well, you have to wear this hat and the, and have all this flair on and, you know, here's the corporate whatever. And we're like, no, we don't care about that. You know, yeah. be work clean. Here's an apron, you know, work hard. Let's see what you got. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. Chef, yeah. thank you so much for coming down today. Uh, such an awesome event coming up on the 11th. Uh, so make your reservations now. And Chef, best of luck to you. Thanks again. Hey Amen. Thanks for having me very much. All right. That's going right. to do it for us on this episode of the Dine Local San Diego podcast. Stay tuned. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Thank you.